Bruchim Abam. Welcome everyone to a special edition of All Parsha on Parshas Mishpatim. We're going to be sharing a number of insights from the Ramban. We would like the Siyata Deshmaya to share five important uh, pieces in the Ramban on Parshas Mishpatim. And let us begin with the very first Ramban on this week's Parsha. And the Ramban will help us get an understanding as to the format and the flow of Parshas Mishpatim in the aftermath of Parshas Yisroi, which, of course, the highlight was the Asar Sadibrois, the Ten Commandments. Says the Ramban, Parakhaf Aleph, Pasik Aleph, Tam Ve'ilam Mishpatim Asher Tosim Lefneim. The reason for this mitzvah being given now, the, the mitzvah of judgments, of laws, of monetary laws, Ki Lahem the reason why Hashem wanted to give them judgments in the beginning first, in the immediate aftermath of the Aser Sadibra, it says, Raman ki kasher hoya ba'aser sadibra sadibra rishon b'yidiyas Hashem. We know the first of the Ten Commandments is belief in the existence of the Creator. That is commandment number one. That is the Dibra Aleph. V'habez, the second Dibra of lo yelecha v'isra avoydazara. So since the first Dibra was belief in the existence of God, and the second one was don't worship avoydazara, therefore at the end of Parshas Yisra, if you recall, the Yavon reiterates these two mitzvahs, where the Pasuk says, in Perak Chav, Pasuk Yates, Chazar V'tziva Es Moshe, the Yavon reiterated and commanded Moshe, Koisoy Maral B'nei Yisrael, Atem Re'isem, go, tell the B'nei Yisrael, you yourself saw, that is a, a, a affirmation and a review of the mitzvah of Anoichi Hashem Aleikecha, referring to God's existence. And then, immediately after that, in Perak Chav, Pasuk Chaf, we have the pasuk of loisa ason iti that corresponds to loyelcha. So shetashirim ata oid, you should warn them again. Sheyidnu libam to pay attention and focus. Lamasharo that which they saw viyizaru and be careful. But mitzvah seilu shetzivisim and these mitzvahs that you are commanded. Number one ki atariisem. If you look at the end of Parshas Yisroi, says Ramban, there is a reiteration of Anoichi Hashem. You saw that's Keneged Dibor of Anoichi. That corresponds to the statement Anoichi Hashem Leikecha Asher Hoytzei Sicha Meretz Mitzrayim. And Keneged Loyelecha Leikim Achirim We have Loisasun Iti Keneged Loyelecha Lahashlim Inyan Avedazara That is the completion of the subject of Avedazara. Now comes Parshas Mishpatim and Parshas Mishpatim is again referencing and reiterating and affirming one of the Asar Sadebrais, that corresponds to the ten Dibra, the tenth Dibra of don't covet. Now what do what does Elo Mishpatim have to do with Loisachmoid? Well says If a person doesn't know the laws of ownership of home, field, and other monetary law, if a person doesn't know what belongs to him, what belongs to others, he'll think that what his friend has is actually his. He'll cover it because he'll take it to himself. In other words, in order to strengthen the prohibition of one has to know clearly the laws of possession. This is mine, and that belongs to him, and I have no ownership over it. I can't even want it. But the way to affirm Loisachmoid is to know the Mishpatim and to know the law of possession and ownership. 
So perhaps we can suggest and add uh, be or add understanding of this comment of the Ramban. Why, after explaining Anoichi and Loyelach at the end of Yisroi, why does the end of Yisroi reiterate Dibra one and two, and then immediately go to Dibra ten? as if Dibra 10 is the most important after existence of God and not believing in Avodah this could be explained by a comment of the Vilna Gaon that actually the entire Torah can be summed up and can, can be encapsulated in Leisachmite. And therefore, after reiterating the existence of God and not worshipping idols, it goes to the most important Dibur of the Yasser Sadibrais, namely Leisachmite. And then the Ramban says, then whole covet. Therefore, it says, You should give them just laws. That they should accustom themselves in. And they will not desire what does not belong to them. And the Ramban continues by strengthening this idea that what appears in the immediate aftermath of the Asar Sadibrais are the fundamental laws, says Ramban, the Kach Amru, the Medrash Rabbah, the Medrash Rabbah says, Kala Kula Mishpat. The entire Torah is dependent on justice, hence justice needs to be emphasized in the aftermath of the Ten Commandments. And that's why God gave the judgments after the Ten Commandments. Likewise, we'll have in further laws of idolatry, further upholding and affirming the Asar Sadebris, and we have the laws of honor of a parent, which is also mentioned in the Asar Sadebris, and murder, adultery, and these are all mentioned in the Asar Sadebris. In other words, Ramban learns that the Ilam Mishpatim is in the aftermath of the giving of the Torah, especially the Ten Commandments, because these mitzvahs are first of the mitzvahs given to Kal Yisrael to solidify and to affirm that which was delivered in the Asar Sadebris. Now, the Raman continues on this theme in Pasuk Beis, explaining why Kisikne Evet Ivri, why the laws of ownership of a Jewish slave and freeing a Jewish slave after six years is the first law of Mishpatim mentioned. And here the Ramban says, Hischil ha Mishpat Rishma Evet Ivri. Here the Torah begins the first law with the Jewish slave, because in freeing the slave in the seventh year is Zechel Yitzchus Mitzrayim, is a commemoration of the Exodus. And the Exodus was mentioned in the very first Dibor Anoichi Hashem Lekacha Asher Hoytzei Sicha Me'eretz Mitzrayim Hanizgar B'Dibar Rishon, which is mentioned in the first Dibor. So again, the Ramban is continuing the theme that the flow of Parshas Mishpatim is upholding the Asar Sadibrois and Kisikne Evedivri, the law of ownership of Jewish slaves, is actually upholding the first Dibor. Kamoisha Amar Ba. Now, what does the freedom of the Jewish slave have to do with? Remembering the Exodus, the Ramban says, if you look in Devarim, there clearly the Exodus, Yitzhak Mitzrayim, is referenced in connection to the ownership of an Evidivri. It says, You should remember that you were a slave in Egypt, and Hashem your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you to do 
this matter today, namely freeing Jewish slaves. V'yesh ba'oid, there is furthermore, says Ramban, a, a connection to the creation of the world in the freedom of slaves. Namely, the Ramban says, the same way Shabbos is the seventh day of the week, remember, and God created the world in six days and rested on the seventh, the seventh year is also symbolic of the cycle of God's creation in a process of six, culminating in resting on the seventh. Likewise, the seventh Shemitah, followed by Yovel, is reiterating the same concept. And the Ramban says, therefore, since it upholds the concept of creation, the Ramban uses the Lashon, therefore it is Nechbedes Ma'oid, it is a very honorable mitzvah, and alluding to lofty matters of creation, the Ramban says that's the reason why God sealed the covenant with the Jewish people the day that we left Egypt specifically to free our slaves, and this is mentioned in the Navi Yermia. I skip now in terms of reading toward the end of the Ramban, because we're now going to continue to get an understanding of the flow of Parshas Mishpatim. The Ramban says the Chashar Hishlim Mishpat Ivrim. Once the Torah completed the laws of this particular mitzvah of freeing Jewish slaves, Heichel Now the Ramban says the Torah goes on to explain another one of the Ten Commandments: murder, Shihi Hachamura, which is of the most severe of the Ten Commandments. So. The Ramban learns that Mishpatim is upholding the Aser Sadebrois. The end of Yisrael upheld Anoichi and Loyelacha. But then we begin with Mishpatim, which upholds Loisachmoid. And then Kisikne Ebed Ivri, again, which goes back and upholds Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, connected to the first Dibor. And now we're going to Loisertzach, which is expounded upon in Mishpatim. Next. And then the Torah in Parak Tes Vav, um, and Tes. Uh, Pasuk Tes Vav and Yud Zayin in this parak, parak Chav Aleph talks about honoring father and mother, and then says Ramban of kidnapping, which is also mentioned in the Ten Commandments, and then it goes back to murder, then it goes back, uh, excuse me, to wounding somebody, which is not a wound of a murderous wound, and then it talks about the murder of an Eved and followed by the murder of an unborn child of a Vlad, and followed by uh, the damage of an Ever to a Jew or to an Eved. And the Ramban says, and then to the damage that one's animal may inflict, but the Ramban concludes, The flow of the whole parsha is in a very orderly, uh, methodical approach where the general theme is to uphold the Aser Sadebrois, and, and those mitzvahs that uphold the Aser Sadebrois are then further branched off into subsidiary mitzvahs that are mashlim, the subject of the mitzvahs that were mentioned before. Let us go to Perk Chav Be'ez, Pasuk Chav Dalet, where the Ramban talks about the Indian of usury, well, the Indian of charging interest. Now it's interesting... We know the Torah says, Kesef talve es ami. If money, you will lend my people. Which, a chazal say, im is not if, but im is you need to do so. There's a mitzvah in the Torah to lend money to a Jew in need. That is the mitzvah of im kesef talve es ami. 
Now the Torah says, don't be like a creditor to him. Do not put interest on him. Now let's think about it. If you don't lend money to somebody, you violate a mitzvah sa'aseh of im kesef tava, which is a commandment. If you lend money but you charge interest, you violate a lav of lo yisasimon alav neshech, don't charge interest. So it comes out, it's worse to lend money with interest than not to lend at all. Now why would that be? This person needs a loan. He needs $10,000 to buy a house. You say, here's $10,000. In a year, give me 11000 He goes to two people. He goes to Ruvain. Ruvain doesn't want to lend him the money. So Ruvain gets nailed with a, an assay. He violates an assay. Shimon lends him the money but charges interest. He gets nailed with a laugh. But why is Shimon worse than Ruvain? Shimon did the chesed. He just charged some interest. Ruvain was callous. Ruvain was insensitive. He didn't even want to lend the money in the first place. Why is it worse to lend with interest than not to lend at all? Now Rashi seems to give us a rationale for why interest is so destructive. Rashi says it's like the bite of a snake where you don't even realize you're bit, but then the venom creeps up on you and spreads and it takes over your whole body. That's the same thing with interest. Because the, the charges accrue and the interest rates increase and you're supposed to pay him a thousand, and you don't pay him right away, so it ends up being more and more and more and more. And before he ends up losing a lot of money, so he borrowed a hundred, a thousand dollars. Who knows? In the end, he could pay a tremendous sum of money. So in fact, it is worse in the ideology of Rashi to lend with interest than not to lend at all. However, the Ramban, I just want to read the final words of the Ramban. The Ramban, after explaining what it means, don't be like a creditor to him. The Ramban says an amazing line. The Ramban says, The Ramban says, you know why? You shouldn't charge interest. When you lend him the money, it should be a kindness. You should not be looking to take honor from your mitzvah or a benefit of money. So therefore the Torah says, don't charge interest because you have an opportunity to do a chesed to another Jew. Don't lose the opportunity. Don't trivialize and make it little by saying, you know what? I don't want the mitzvah. I want to get some extra cash out of it. The Rabban is saying the prohibition of interest is you're trying to profit from a mitzvah. That's not right to profit from a mitzvah. But let's just analyze this for a moment. I remember hearing this um, this ha'ara and this analysis on the Ramban from one of my Rosh Yeshivas, Rabbi Huda Jacobson, Rosh of Yeshivat Faris Yisrael. Think about what the Ramban is saying. It comes out, if somebody doesn't want to lend money at all, so he's a callous person and he's over an assay. But even worse than not doing the mitzvah is... Doing a, having the opportunity to do a favor and you're willing to do a favor, but you want to monetize the mitzvah. Monetizing a mitzvah, it's so looked down upon in the eyes of the Torah that in a way it's even worse to lend money with interest than not to lend at all. Let's move on to the next Ramban. The Ramban says that this is talking about a scenario where you have to take a security from somebody who you lent money to. 
But you need to return it to him when he needs it. Says the Pasuk, This is his only clothing. This is his cloak for his skin. What will he lie on? When he cries out to me, I will listen to it. I am compassionate. Says Ramban, the word chanon means choinen. I'm gracious. I accept anyone's supplication. Even if they're not fit. The word chanon comes from chinam, for nothing. What the Torah is saying is, This is the Ramban. Don't think, I won't take a security, the garment of a righteous man, because I know if he cries out, God will listen to his cry. But I'll take the garment of someone who is maybe an evil person, a bad person, or not a tzaddik. I won't return it, because God won't listen to his prayer. What do I have to worry about? He's going to pray to God. Why would God listen to him? No, God says, I listen for nothing. From here, we derive a shoymea kol meschanein loy. I listen to anyone who supplicates before me. What an inspiring Ramban. The Ramban says, watch out. Don't take the garment even of this person who is not a big tzaddik, who maybe even is a rasha. Because if he cries out to me, I will listen. God, why will you listen to him? Ki Because I listen for nothing. That is how God operates. He just listens to people's prayer. This is something we have to ingrain in our heart, in our soul, that God listens to our prayer, not because we're worthy. He listens for nothing. That's how Hashem operates. I have to share with you one final Ramban. Parak Chavdalid, Pasuk Vav, the Na'arei B'nai Yisrael. It says that Moshe sent the youths of B'nai Yisrael to bring a carbon oila, this refers to the carbonus brought at Har Sinai. The Targum says, who are these Na'orim? Says the Targum, the Bukhrei, these were the firstborn. They were the ones who brought the carbonus. The Ramban asks the question on Targum, I don't understand why the Bukhairim were called Na'orim, youths. They could have been very old. Why are they called youths? Maybe, says Ramban, in contrast to the men mentioned later in Pasuk Yod Aleph, the Atzilei B'nai Yisrael, who were the Zekenim, so they were the elders, in contrast to them, the Bechoyrim did not have to be elders, but they could have been youths in terms of their wisdom and in their standing. And the point being, the message that Torah is conveying, is that they were not chosen because of their old age, but merely because of their pedigree that they were Bechoyrim. However, the Ramban says, now, his own interpretation, which is something very moving to me. The simple meaning of the Pasuk of Na'arei B'nai Yisrael. Who were these Na'arim? Haim Bachurei Yisrael. These were the young men of Kal Yisrael. So why were they selected to bring the Karbanais? Shaloi To'amu Tamchet. Because they were young. They never involved themselves in the pleasure of uh, marriage or in the pleasure of an isha, shaloi nigshu al isha me'olam. They never approached a woman. Shaloi tamu tamchet. They never tasted sin. Says Ramban, young men, abachor, heim hanivchorim ba'am. They are the choicest among the people. They are the holiest. 
similar to what our Chazal teach us in the Gemara in Brachas Mem Gimel. Says the Gemara, Asidin Bachure Yisrael. The young men of Chayis are destined. Those those who never tasted the taste of sin, to give off a beautiful fragrance like the Lebanon. Says Ramban, why were the Na'arim selected to bring the Karbanos? Because they were young men. They never involved themselves in any semblance of impropriety or sin. They were just in their uh, pristine purity. And therefore they are the holiest and the choicest of Kal Yisrael. They are the choicest and the holiest. What a beautiful concept when we think of Bachure Yeshivas, when we think of young men studying Torah. And sometimes we say, you know, uh, why, why should they study? Why, you know, why should we support them? Let them support us. But there's an idea that the young men of Kal Yisrael, who never tasted sin, they have a certain purity, they have a certain innocence, and they are the Kedoshim, and they are the Bachurim, and even Chazal recognize that there's a certain scent of purity that wafts from them, a certain Kedusha that they offer all of Kal Yisrael. And therefore we should look back at those days of our life as perhaps the, the greatest days of our life, and we should look at those members of Kal Yisrael who are dedicated to Torah in that stage of their life, as in a way the pillars of the Jewish people. So here are five offerings of the Ramban on Parshas Mishpatim, wishing everyone a wonderful week and a wonderful Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh, Adar, Haba Aleinu Latayim.